0: I took myself above Told me that you couldn't love something So don dum don't So of the best all you so guess Maybe I'm asking me now If it's there, with you as far Can you hold me on? Deep in the dark where my heart is yours to start
1: I'm Donald Wayne, and this is Tristalk Minipod for Sunday morning, pre-dawn edition, April the 11th, 2021. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Tristalk Minipod. Tonight I want to um, share an article with you that I found on heritage.org, which is an online site for the Heritage Foundation. The article is a commentary on immigration by Chad Wolf, a visiting fellow from the Davis Institute, and Laura Rise, director of the Center for Technology Policy. The title of this uh, commentary is Why Biden's Blaming Trump for Border Crisis Has Zero Credibility. The article goes on to say, No one believes the Biden White House's feeble attempt to blame Trump for the current border crisis, as the Biden administration unsuccessfully tries to deflect blame for the humanitarian disaster now occurring before America's eyes, despite its directed media blackout. The administration is only succeeding at showing it knows it has a problem. Of course, since this article was written, uh, they have allowed more pictures to be taken or you know, it's, a lot of pictures are coming out illegally, I understand. But um, anyway, there, ha- there are more pictures coming from those holding sites than there were probably at the time this article was written. Uh, the Trump administration experienced a border crisis in 2019 when families and unaccompanied children, mostly from Central American countries, surged at our southern border and claimed fear of returning home in order to obtain entry into the U.S. and disappear into our country's interior. No one can forget the images of the caravans of illegal aliens traveling north. The height of the crisis occurred around May 2019, when U.S. Customs and Border Protection encounters reached over 144,000 illegal aliens. To end the problem, the Trump administration sought help from Congress in the form of additional funding to build the border wall, an end to the Flores Agreement, which a single federal judge expanded over the decades in an unrealistic order that children could not be detained more than 20 days, and a legislative fix so that the Department of Homeland Security could treat unaccompanied alien children from Central America the same as those from Mexico however Congress refused by that time of course as you well know uh, Democrats won the majority back in the House of Representatives so uh, there was little that could be done with the House and of course Nancy Pelosi was Speaker again and uh, there was not about to be any Cooperation coming from her or anyone on that side of the aisle. But Nancy Pelosi and others on the left denied that there was even a border crisis that, to, to have to worry about. And so the government did shut down in, in a stalemate, but of course that was a short-lived situation. The Trump administration had to end the crisis on its own, choosing a heretofore unused but statutorily authorized Remain in Mexico program it negotiated with Mexico to house migrants seeking U.S. asylum on the Mexico side of the border during their pending court proceedings. When the would-be migrants learned claiming fear alone was no longer their ticket into the U.S., the caravan stopped coming. Imagine that. Then the Trump administration also leveraged with El Salvador and Guatemala and Honduras announcing a $560 million cut in foreign aid for these three Northern Triangle countries in order to negotiate asylum cooperative agreements. That move resulted in those countries and Mexico enforcing their own borders to prevent migrant flows. They also began building up their own asylum systems and receiving nationals back who traversed their country, but had not requested asylum before seeking it at the U.S. border. The waste and inefficiency of foreign aid and money is legendary and well-documented. The root cause of poverty and violence and persecution in these countries is corrupt, mismanaged governments, not the absence of U.S. taxpayer dollars. Now, this article doesn't go on to say how much money was given to uh, Central American countries over the years in an effort to try to, what, stabilize those countries, to encourage people to stay there. And I think history, and I'm, I'm kind of off the article here for a second, but I think history has shown, and we've heard numerous stories in the past, about money that U.S. taxpayers give foreign governments, in an effort to try to get them to do things that are beneficial to the United States or in the interest of the United States. And how many times have we heard that come back to bite us in the ass, that that money was just pissed away and and taken by uh, the ruling class in those particular countries? I mean, there's a list. But that's what the, the United States has been doing for years in Central American countries giving these people money in an effort to try to help them in their economies and and thereby keeping their populations within their own countries and discouraging them from uh, wanting to to come to the United States. There's a, uh, this is back to the article, there's a, a organization called transparency international which publishes annually its corruption perception index rating countries worldwide based on perceived corruption now of course perceived corruption is not exact fact so we're not sure this article doesn't tell us you know what what they base their perception on But out of 180 nations that it rated, with 180 being the worst, of course, El Salvador ranks 104th. Guatemala ranks 149th. And Honduras comes out at 157. So they're not quite at the bottom of the pile, but, uh, you know, especially with Guatemala and Honduras, they're pretty darn close. The per capita income per the World Bank on these countries is for Honduras, it's $2,575 a year. In Guatemala, it's $4,620 a year, which is, you know, uh, not quite double, but, and, El Salvador is four thousand one hundred eighty-seven dollars, but when you compare that to the United States, where the uh, per capita income is around sixty-five thousand two hundred ninety-eight dollars a year, um, you know that's if these people are aware of that, you know if that's the guide that's driving them up here, that's kind of a hard thing to um, to argue against. Going back to the article, in in short, the Trump administration imposed consequences for illegal immigration and ended catch and release. It worked. I mean, off article again, if you listen to Biden administration and anybody, the mouthpieces of the administration, uh, especially the, um, uh, I forgot what the gentleman's name is, who's uh, head of um, uh, immigration, but... They will say repeatedly that one of the factors that caused this surge in immigration, uh, the the number of people uh, seeking uh, to get into the country, is because Donald Trump cut off all the funding for those Central American countries and thereby leaving them in a perilous situation, especially after uh, the hurricanes of, uh, I think it was 2019, I believe that devastated uh, the Central American countries. But as I just read to you, Donald Trump did not cut all of of the money to them. He just reduced that amount and he made the money that was left over that he was giving them come with conditions. And those conditions is is that they start uh, handling those uh, asylum-seeking duties you know, themselves. in the various countries, you know, before they get to the United States. The number of Customs and Border Protection encounters rapidly declined to 52,000 in September of 2019 after Trump's actions with the Central American governments and fell further to 36,000 in February of 2020 before COVID travel restrictions were imposed. In March 2020, the director for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention imposed Title 42 Public Health Restriction, ordering the suspension of admitting individuals traveling from Canada and Mexico, regardless of their country of origin. Accordingly, the Trump administration immediately returned illegal aliens across the border to prevent further spread of the coronavirus. Now enters presidential candidate Joe Biden. After all the progress that was made with the border situation, Biden's campaign website read that he would immediately, if he were elected president, stop building the border wall Surge resources to the border to process all asylum seekers into the country, immediately rescind the mislabeled Muslim travel bans, give amnesty to so called DREAMers, temporary protected status, and deferred enforcement departure holders, and the rest of the, st- of the estimated 11 million illegal alien population only enforce immigration laws against convicted serious criminals, and increase the annual refugee admission ceiling to 125000 a year. Well, he's already exceeded that <laughs> uh, in, in, in the first couple of months of his presidency. During a presidential debate, Biden went further, stating that we owe the Dreamers amnesty. The smugglers and traffickers got the message loud and clear and cranked up their business. The number of customs and border protection encounters increased, but the Trump administration continued to return the aliens over the border. Because it was still applying consequences to illegal immigration, the Trump administration did not face a border crisis in the year 2020. All that changed on January the 20th when the Biden administration took over. His administration immediately stopped wall construction. I mean, he couldn't wait to get behind the desk and shut down construction on the wall. He ended the Remain in Mexico program. So uh, asylum seekers no longer had to stay in Mexico and and wait for their... uh, there cases to be processed. He tore up the cooperative asylum agreements with the Central American countries and Mexico, I would assume, started releasing illegal aliens into the U.S. and ended 90% of the Immigration and Customs Enforcement removals. The Biden administration stopped imposing any consequences for illegal immigration. In fact, it has sought to make illegal immigration easier. Worse still, it entices more smuggling and trafficking of children every time administration officials state that unaccompanied children will not be expelled from the U.S. And while Biden hadn't yet repealed Title 42 health restrictions, it has stopped using the authority in some locations to remove families and in its entirety with respect to unaccompanied children. The Trump administration warned the Biden transition team that such decisions would quickly result in a border crisis. The Biden administration ignored the warnings, imposed its negligent policy decisions, and has used egregious messaging, such as telling future migrants, don't come right now. Well, it's a little too late and not very convincing, President Biden, After just one month, custom and border protection encounters ballooned to more than 10,000. The number of unaccompanied children had risen to 16,500 and continues to climb. Three convention centers are opening to house those children because the Department of Health and Human Services cannot find enough sponsors for them. The Secretary of Homeland Security has ordered the Federal Emergency Management Agency to assist at the border and activated his own agency's volunteer force to go to the border. In perhaps the most desperate sign of the crisis, the Border Patrol in Texas is no longer issuing court dates to illegal aliens because it takes too long to complete the paperwork. And it simply needs to process individuals quicker. That's a truly astonishing development if you think about it. This week, the president appointed Vice President Kamala Harris to oversee the crisis. Her appointment and the attempt to blame former President Donald Trump are tacit admissions that they have a crisis on their hands. But Americans know the blame lies squarely at Biden's feet. This article originally appeared in the Daily Signal. Uh, So this was a couple of weeks ago, evidently from the... um, uh, in reference to uh, President uh, Biden uh, uh, appointing Kamala Harris to oversee the border issues, and and then, of course, since then she's come out to say, well, really, uh, her role is to uh, negotiate with those South, uh, the Central American company, uh, countries uh, on on their policies to help uh, get things back on track, and probably meaning as well that they're going to. Uh, trying to give them more money, which we know that will be well used, right? But um, we've yet to really see any results, uh, any benefit of Kamala Harris being so somewhat appointed leader or to lead the task force to deal with the border crisis. Um, So she might want to rethink that, Uh, she might want to uh, pass that one back to the president because if she gets graded on her performance based on that perceived uh, duty that she's been given, uh, it's not going to be a very good report card. I find it hard to see any, any indications that the Biden administration is going to put even a temporary halt to the border crisis. Which should tell everybody, every reasonable American, that Democrats are not concerned as much about American citizens as they are increasing the number of potential voters for future purposes. Now, I don't know President Biden, and I, you know, I try not to be like all these people that always say with, um, you know, it sounds like a, a, a lot of certainty that they know what somebody's thinking when they do something. Uh, what I try to say is, based on what I see and, and the actions that, you know, are in public, I can't help but believe that, you know, Biden is trying to do this for reasons other than anything that would benefit the United States. While every argument that I have heard that favors unbridled immigration in my opinion, is devoid of any common sense. They totally ignore the cost to the American taxpayers of each illegal illegal immigrant, if you will. Uh, In fact, I heard a a figure on a news story just before uh, doing this podcast tonight that right now um, it's costing $62 million, I believe, Um, or it has cost $62 million to date for what's going on at the border. So if that's only about uh, two plus months of activity down there, there's no telling what that price tag is going to be by the end of the year. But, you know, and they also like to say, um, they argue that we need more immigrants. We need... uh, A steady flow of immigration into this country in order to take care of the uh, labor demand that we have for uh, farms and uh, orchards and um, and other type uh, industries that require uh, low skill and low paying uh, workers or low paid workers I should say to to, uh, take those jobs and they even argue that they uh, these immigrants take jobs that Americans don't want and I've, as i've said before on uh, on trice talk conversations i can argue against that because i'm i am in one of those uh, businesses that uh, immigrants have uh, these illegals if you will have taken jobs away from me over the past 20 something years that i've had my own business i saw a, a big surge in it especially during obama's Uh, term in office, where just, you know, jobs became fewer and fewer because so many illegals were uh, being used that uh, certain companies had uh, cost advantages over basically us American businesses that had been around a long time. The issue is not so much whether Americans want to do those kinds of work, in my opinion, as it is... Uh, illegal immigrants drive down the wages to the point that Americans can't compete they can't feed their families they can't have they can't pay their bills they can't uh, work towards their future when they're forced to continue keeping their, their uh, what they charge down to such a, a minimum because of competition with these people who don't face the same issues that American citizens face. They say that illegals only take jobs that Americans don't want anyway. Well, I'd like for you to stand there and tell that, you know, you liberals who want to, you know, say that as a fact, all the time, or you, President Biden, that you want to say, well, you know, Americans don't want these jobs. Well, I want you to stand there in front of a group of American citizen painters and carpenters and landscapers and roofers and people who install tile and flooring and and other other kinds of uh, installations that these uh, illegals have taken over to some degree in the past 20 years or so because you know our legislators won't protect us from the border you know they want to let them in here with this with this uh, attitude well they're going to farming jobs they're going to uh jobs you know that need uh, large numbers of people that americans don't want to do anyway but then they always forget to talk about the painters and the carpenters and the landscapers and the roofers. I know plenty of Americans uh, that own companies in those fields that uh, were basically just about run out of business because they couldn't compete when uh, American painters, you know, would need to make an average, uh, let's say, you know, uh, twenty five hundred dollars for an average house. Yet these illegal uh, workers will come in here and and the painters that use them, they can charge $1,200 and still stay in business. So all that's garbage that they tell you. But I guess that the Biden administration and, and, and Democrats and liberals think that these people who get knocked out of these landscaping jobs and painting jobs and roofing jobs... Well, they can just go work in the green industry. They can go install solar panels or do some of these retrofitting jobs that um, uh, that the Biden administration says they're going to do to all of these commercial businesses throughout the country. Uh, I got a question for you, President Biden. Who do you think those jobs are going to go to? You know, who do you think is going to get the contracts? For these jobs to go do the caulking and the retrofitting of these buildings that you say that the American taxpayers are going to be spending all this money on. I can answer that for you if you don't have the answer. Of course many American consumers are okay with the illegal immigration doing those kinds of jobs as they tend to be a lot cheaper. Than are their American counterparts. So I have to say, in some in some respects, Americans are complicit with some of this because, you know, while they may complain about you know illegals being in the country, uh, many of them will still use companies that, you know, they know that they have illegal immigrants working for them, and they will use them because they're cheaper. They'll save money on their projects. It's kind of like the situation we're in with, um, you know, the old argument about Walmart and and buy American. And at one time, so much of the stuff that you would buy at Walmart was made in China. So, you know, as Walmart became more successful, well, basically, you know, they were getting rich off of uh, buying all these cheaper goods and things from China which put a lot of American companies out of business or made it difficult for many of them to stay in business and I've said for a number of years when the day comes when illegal immigrants coming into this country have been here long enough and and, and gotten enough education or uh, been here long enough to learn how to do more than what they were doing when they came The day that illegal immigrants can go after some of these jobs that people think they're safe in, that'll be the day that they care. When they start taking some of these office jobs from some of these people that feel so comfortable. Well, so we'll just have to see what's going to happen with the immigration Situation. I've, I think if it continues at the level that has been continuing in the last uh, month or so, I mean, it cannot stay at that pace. Um, I think you can tell by the way the news is reporting stories that a lot of people in this country are are getting fed up or concerned about the rising number, and especially. Um, the rising number of unaccompanied children that are coming into the country. And I think they're also paying attention to all the stories of the uh, people in Mexico, the cartels and so forth that are making money off, uh, you know, transporting these or taking these kids to the border or even taking adults to the border or teenagers to the border and getting them across as well as, of course, the drug issues that are escalating in this country because of all of this surge on the southern border. And now now they've even proven there's a terrorist from other countries that are coming across the border. So, you know, Joe Biden's going to have to, uh, he's, he's got to hit that crossroad very soon where he has to make a decision whether or not to allow this to to continue or if he's going to have to backtrack a little bit and say, this isn't working, folks. We're going to have to go back and and look at uh, what we can do. Maybe some of the things that Trump was doing are not so bad. Of course, true to most uh, liberal form, if they do have to backtrack, they will probably rename certain things so it'll look like their idea or their policy uh, and rebrand anything that Trump did, so they can own it, and see how that works out. Oh yeah! By the way, when they stopped the wall, um, there was an ar- article uh, several weeks ago about all of the equipment and materials that was just abandoned on the border. I mean, there's there's uh, grading equipment and um, all kinds of construction equipment and and portalettes and and steel uh, framing and so forth that's still down there on the border that uh, the article i read says that the government's going to be obligated to pay for some of this material uh, and and to pay for some of the contracts even though uh, biden was saying well the federal government has a right to uh, to void any contract they wish without cause so that must be something they build in there. But still, anything these companies have purchased for this project, I cannot imagine that they're not going to have to pay them money. And here's my question and in that regards. Why in the hell don't you let them use up all the materials they have on the border? You know, a smart president would have said, okay, we've already got the commitment here this much on the border. Let's let them use that instead of having to pay these contractors and then let that crap sit there and and rust or whatever will happen to it. But he was so anxious to shut down what Donald Trump was doing to get rid of every every reminder of how much they hated him, that um, they didn't really think that part through very much. Is that surprising? All right, that that's pretty much going to do it for that, and um, it remains to be seen what's going to change on the border, if anything, in the next few weeks, next month. But I can, uh, I'm pretty sure that we're going to have some more conversations about what's going on at the border. Unfortunately. All right, so since this is Sunday morning um be sure and join us tonight at 11 p.m for trice talk live with myself dennis lee and eric kirk is usually on board with us and um dennis lee will be back after being gone for a few days missing a couple of episodes he was um taking advantage of the spring break and went up into the mountains i'll be um my next mini pod will be posted on monday night And I hope you'll join me for that. And um, that's pretty much it. And I'm just, I hope everybody has a wonderful Sunday. I hope it's going to be pretty where you're at. And um, just stay safe, everybody. (laughs)
0: But I'm gonna need to be between some.